This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey there, stackers. It's a beautiful Monday morning here in Texarkana, Texas, which means it's time for our Navy Federal Shoutout OG, where we raise our glasses our coffee cups, or depending on what time of day it is, wherever you are, maybe your foamy beverage cup, and we're going to salute our troops. So on behalf of the men and women of Navy Federal Credit Union and all of our team making Stacking Benjamins podcast here in Mom's Basement, big shout out to the men and women keeping us safe. Let's go stack some Benjamins together, shall we? He got me invested in some kind of fruit company. And so then I got a call from him saying, we don't have to worry about money no more. And I said, that's good. One less thing. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and First off, I just have to apologize to everybody. You know, now that we're doing the live shows on YouTube, it turns out my beauty is getting distracting for everybody. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. Think about how difficult it is from my perspective, people. But look, our guest today knows what I'm talking about. Jody Katz is the host of the long-running podcast, Where Brains Meet Beauty. And today, we're diving into a case study of surviving and thriving in the rough-and-tumble world of the beauty industry. For our TikTok Minute, you'll hear some surprising insights on incentive programs. In our headlines, after a horrible week in the stock market, are we finally in a recession? We'll dive in. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky listener, and I'll show off some beautiful trivia. And now, two guys who have faces for podcasting, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Happy Monday, stackers. I am Joe Salci. I ever Joe Money on Twitter, and I just spilled my coffee right at the beginning of the podcast, OG, which means that uh, it's all just going to get better from here. That is amazing. Introducing myself, and there it goes. You had such a nice-looking uh, coffee mug there, too. I know, I got From my... the beach, it looked like. I know. Did you give this to me? I didn't, but I'm jealous that you have it, because that's kind of our favorite place. Yes, this is uh, the 30A uh, mug. I have no idea. Somebody, somebody, uh, well, a friend of mine... Well, you were there. Maybe you, maybe you bought it yourself. <laughs> I have been that drunk before, but I don't... <laughs> but, but I do not remember... As recently as now. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was this many years old when I learned I drink too much. I hope that's not the case, because, man, we got a great show today. Jody Katz, if you know anything about the world of uh, fashion and beauty products, that is a rough... That's my rough middle place name. to be. 
Yes, it is uh, absolutely. And Jody Katz has a long-running podcast. She also has a new book out, which is called Facing the Seduction of Success, Inspiring Stories on Leading in Business While Living Your Life. She's had to find that middle ground, right, where she succeeds in business and at the same time has a life. So difficult to do in that industry, among others. So some great lessons today. Before that, stock market OG looked bad last week. Mm, man. <laughs> Are we poised for a recovery? I'm sure that uh, OG is going to tell us. Yes. Oh, we have to wait. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Got to bury the lead just a little bit there, OG. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, yes. This is supposed to be an hour long show. Not uh, Yes. And we're done. Doug, what should we have learned today? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Back on vacation. But before we... <laughs> that OG doesn't understand waiting his turn. No, not at all. Before all that, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Jody Katz with lessons from the beauty industry that we can all learn and more. Some great headlines. So let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Story from MarketWatch late last week, OG, Bank of America slashes S&P 500 target to lowest on the street after a recession forecast. You know how we keep talking about how maybe uh, there's a recession coming? Maybe. Bank of America says, going to be ugly for us. In fact, they say they expect the Fed to pivot later. Uh, I read headlines like this a lot lately, don't you? And if I'm the average person, average stacker out there reading a headline that says that uh, we got this recession looming, what do you think about that? Well, I would think like, firstly, we're already in a recession. I mean, by definition, right? Isn't it just two consecutive quarters of negative GDP? You know, that's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. But the recession isn't the issue. The issue is still inflation. And what was it last week they came out and it's still nine and some change percent or something. So to fight the inflation monster, we have to have increased interest rates to kind of take the 
take the wind out of the inflation sales, and then that's going to basically create a recession if it's not already here, and it probably is. So I guess what's the lesser of the two evils, inflation or recession? And inflation is by far order of magnitudes worse than a recession. So kick out the inflation, so be it if you have to deal with a recession, because we got to get rid of the inflation. They also say that they expect the S&P 500 to go down by another 900 points, Bank of America says, which if you're a long-term saver, I think that might be good news. But if you're somebody who retired early and you're living off of uh, your stock market gains, oh, gee, that's a heck of a long way further down. Yeah. I mean, S&P right now, call it 37, 3,800, somewhere in there. And they're forecasting, which is a fancy word, a, a way of saying complete guess completely guessing hmm. to 32 3300 i guess is what their what their number is so you know another 10% from here that would put the s&p down 30 32 somewhere in that range that's not unheard of and you know from a correction standpoint i mean that's a pretty average bear market it's not fun <laughs> you know that's it's not not an exciting time but that's par for the course if you get into a bear market which we are to your point, when you were talking about taking money out, this is why it's so important to make sure that you have excess cash. You know, we talk about having all stock all the time, you know, being a stock investor. And uh, one of the exchanges that you have to be okay with is every so often your account's going to go down by a third. And if you're accumulating money, this is a really great thing. It's not fun to look at, but it's really fun to invest at these levels because whether you think the market's going to go, tearing up over the next 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, I think we can all agree that it will be higher 30 years from now. And if you're 35 years old, this is a great time to accumulate as much as possible. If you're taking money out and you have your emergency fund and it's, you know, like we talk about two years or three years worth of cash, you're probably getting really close at this point to starting to live on that cash. If you have, let's say, two years of cash, in your investment portfolio and the other 90% of your portfolio is invested in the market, you've got two years to wait this out. That's on average more than not long enough for the market to recover, yeah. to get back all of the 30% that that stock portfolio has gone down. I got, I got a question for you guys. We're part of this amazing community that's really focused on long-term investing and I'll say financial well-being with very much a long-term view uh, of this, why don't I see a lot more groundswell of excitement across the whole community about, uh, there's a sale at pennies. Like everything's on sale right now. Amazing. This is exactly what we've been hoping for. Let's go. I, I don't even see that amongst our community. You, you might see a little bit of it here and there once in a while as a, Hey, don't freak out everybody because this is what we've hoped for. But it's, it's, you almost have to search for it. How come we don't see more excitement around? Isn't this? that weird how if it goes down for a week or two, uh, w w we see that we see the, Hey, back the truck up, but it goes down for a few months in a row now and everybody gets quiet. I mean, to your point, Doug, you know, all the Bitcoin heroes are gone. I mean, man, it's so hard to find somebody. Well, look, I mean, I get it. I get people who are they're like, look, you idiots. It's because we're worried about paying our rent or our mortgage or the day to day or month to month bills. I get that that's a real concern for people about whether or not their paycheck still has the purchasing power it had 
six months ago or a year ago. You know, it's not lost on me. But most of the people in this community have already sort of accounted for that. They've planned for that, and they're they're focusing on saving for long term, and they've got a plan to you know how they're going to be investing five years from now. So why why isn't this like Christmas time? Why aren't they just freaking out happy about about this opportunity to stack even more into their long-term investing plans? I think probably because it's so multifaceted in terms of the um, the decision-making for that to work, right? For you to say, to sit and look at your balance sheet or for you to say, I'm going to pull forward all of my contribute. Like one of the things that you could do right now would be say, I'm going to pull forward all of the rest of this year's 401k contributions. So I've, you know, I'm going to max it out. I put in 20,500 a year. I am doing the same amount every paycheck. And maybe I choose because the market's down to say, eh, I'm going to put the rest of the 10 grand in right now. I'm going to max it out. What do you also have to have in your mind to be able to be comfortable with that? And I think that's probably the major hesitation for a lot of people is everything else has to go according to plan now, right? So if you take a year's worth of contributions and pull it forward to today, what are you saying? You're saying, I'm pretty certain that for the next year, I'm going to have this income so that I can spend or pull forward this contribution right now. I'm confident that my job is going to still be there. I'm confident that my health or family financial situation will still be in a good spot to be able to to kind of take that bet on the future right now. Otherwise, if if I don't have all of that confidence, maybe I do slow play this a little bit because I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with all of these other externalities that I can't necessarily, you know, account for. So, if you have a lot of confidence, if you're in a business that you can, you know, reasonably say, "Hey, this thing's not going anywhere and I feel really really good about the future," or at least even the next 6 or 10 months, uh, I don't see why you wouldn't, you know, kind of be aggressive is yeah. what you're saying, Doug, I think, is say, yeah. you know, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try to dial back this personal spending so that I have extra money uh, for investing right now and kind of, kind of do the inverse. It's a little bit of the Warren Buffett, right? Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful yeah. when others are greedy. But I think it's easy to concentrate on buy the dips when it's short term. And, but then you get into this, what feels like a little bit longer term now that we've had these discussions and the cost of everything is high, that the uncertainty, I think also, you know, in the media is what sells. I'm, I mean, over the, over the short term, buy the dip sells. But I got to tell you, OG, before we go further, I just want to add something else to this discussion. The uncertainty is this real. I got that headline from MarketWatch. I'm searching like I always do for what our headline for a show is going to be. I just go over to the Wall Street Journal. Top of Market Watch is Bank of America says this is the worst ever. Top of the Wall Street Journal. JP Morgan Chase sees economic turmoil brewing, but few signs of a recession so far. This is by David Benoit and Charlie Grant. Second quarter profit at JP Morgan fell from a year earlier, even as the nation's largest bank said is seeing few signs that a recession is imminent, underscoring the uncertainty looming over markets in the economy. He says, yeah, we got an uncertain market. We got an uncertain economy. When I got two headlines by two of the, the nation's biggest publications, OG, fighting over whether we actually have a recession or not, not even that, two of the biggest institutions, Bank of America saying it's ugly, JP Morgan saying, yeah, it's bad, but it doesn't suck too bad. Like, man, I think that's why people, you know, to answer Doug's question even more fully, 
people are like, I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, what's going on? I think this just underscores the importance of making sure that from a financial planning standpoint, it's unique to you. You know, what you're going through in your world is, you know, you're one of one, basically, right? So you have, you have your goals and your timeframes and your risk tolerances and all the other stuff that's going on in your life informs how you should do your financial plan. I felt really, really, really stressed a couple of weeks ago because I did what I was telling, uh, just talking about. I was like, well, I think that now is as good a time as any to invest the rest of the money in our 401ks. <laughs> you know, So uh, you know, I rolled the dice. And I know that if the market keeps going down, if the economy gets weaker, inflation is really high, all of those things... You know, I may look back at it and go, golly, I would like to have that extra money sitting in my savings account right now and slow play this investment. But I, I'm I'm okay with taking the the risk with it because I I feel confident in the long term of the future. But if that's not where you are personally, then you know, you don't have to feel ashamed that you're not backing the truck up. You know what I mean? Like you can still do your plan. Or maybe you go, I need to hit pause on this because all of my debt that was fixed is now variable and it's a huge number. You know, a lot of people took a lot of leverage to buy Airbnbs and vacation houses and apartment buildings and most of those loans are adjustable. Maybe you're finding out that the interest on that uh, commercial loan that you have now is 7.5%, right? New plan, pay the debt off. Like that wasn't the plan seven months ago, but maybe that is now the plan. And Regardless of what Market Watch says or the Wall Street Journal or three idiots on Stacking Benjamins, you know, you're, you're three geniuses, two idiots, geniuses, two idiots, and a really cool dude and a host. You guys get to decide well, who's thank who. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> you guys all get to decide who's who. But, um, you know, you got you to gotta do what you have to do for you. Is that TM? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I think you hit the nail on the head. Speaking of hitting the nail on the head, by the way, OG, I think that in our TikTok minute today, we have a headline that hits the nail on the head. You ready for this one? This is a guy whose employer is uh, telling him, well, he, they're rolling out one of these, uh, one of these employee appreciation like incentive plans, and they're asking him really what they should do. Let's listen in incentive program to increase productivity and we want to know what you guys want like is there a certain type of money? food no like an incentive program if you work harder money yeah. no man like dollar you, bills why do you think we're here we are here to get paid i didn't just roll up in this like man it's hot dusty as and smells like depression i think i'll stay hey richard if they pay you two dollars more an hour you gonna work harder two dollars an hour harder yes i will it's like y'all have a competition to see who can say the dumber thing. <laughs> you, but, but, but here's the question. It's funny. I'm going through the comments on this, guys. And somebody actually said in the comments what I think is the truth. Somebody goes, yeah, if you pay me $2 more an hour, I don't think I'd work harder. <laughs> like, very honestly, I don't nope. think I'm working harder. No, people don't. Maybe for about a month, max. And then it just becomes like, this is what I'm worth. And so you were pay you you wanted me here before at this rate. You still want me here because I am good at what I do. No, you're not going to work two dollars. Don't an hour get me harder. wrong. I always think that making more money, we should fight for more money, especially this year with inflation as high as it is. Right, we need to make more money. And I also think these employee these employee recognition programs are sometimes silly. One guy, it was also funny scrolling through the uh, 
scrolling through all these, they talked about a Walmart that gave everybody wristbands saying, you are appreciated right after they laid off like a quarter of the work, right before they laid off a quarter of the workforce. I'm appreciated. Hey, meet me in my office so I can show you how appreciated you are. I'm appreciated, but you've just been depreciated. That's right. Yes. <laughs> We're going to need your wristband back. <laughs> what? No, no, I'm appreciated. Well, not anymore. Employee appreciation plans. I mean, you still have to you know, love on your people, right? You have to. And study after study has shown that it's not the money that's going to keep people there. You, you have to build that sense of appreciation and team separate from money and not through incentives of pizza parties at the yes. end of the week or whatever. But you just have to you just have to build that appreciation for the value that team member brings to the team. That's what is going to make people feel like, yeah, this is where I want to be. What's really funny is that if you asked everybody would they rather have a pizza party at three o'clock on Friday or leave at three o'clock on Friday, everybody would rather <laughs> leave. just leave. Yes. Like, God, like, yes. Hey, we hit our sales goals. Let's do an office function at two thirty. We're gonna go out to the, you know, happy hour. It's like, can I just go home? Like I got other stuff that I want to do. But what's funny, OG, that's true employee appreciation, right? Hey, we appreciate you. You know what? We're gonna pay you for the rest of the day. You guys go home two hours early. Like that, yeah. that feels to me like true employee appreciation. And you're right. The pizza party, when you treat people like crap all week, I, I worked with a guy at American Express for a while that uh, treated his employees not very kindly most of the time. And he always thought that if he just kept giving people generous raises, like that would solve the fact that he knew he treated them like crap and he didn't, he wouldn't change. He thought if I just pay people more, they will stick around and uh, believe it or not, his turnover stayed pretty high. Shocking. Coming up next, uh, speaking of high turnover, man, the world of of fashion and beauty is so difficult to live in. And Jody Katz has been there her entire career as a journalist working in that industry and working in advertising in that industry. She's going to tell her story. She has a brand new book out called, and I love this, Facing the Seduction of Success. And it is, yeah, and it is so seductive to think if I just work more and 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 more, I will get successful. And maybe you're successful in one area of your life, but you'll destroy the rest of it. So Jody with some great, great lessons coming up. But to get there, Doug, I think you've got some beauty theme trivia for us, of course. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. All right, fine. Here in the lead-up to Jody Katz, I'll share with you some of my beauty secrets. One, wax your ears. Two, once one of your eyebrow hairs reaches two inches, give it a little trim. And three, check your neck rolls for toast crumbs. You're going to want to do that at least once a week. Et voila! You can be as smoking hot as I am. You know, beauty products were making people tons of Benjamins way back in antiquity. In fact, they date all the way back to the proto-dynastic period of Egypt. You didn't even think I could say that word. I even know when it was. It was circa 3500 BCE, just slightly before the boomers were born, according to Wikipedia. And Egyptian queens and noble women were wearing coal, that's K-O-H-L, a black powder. My question is... To what part of the body was coal applied? I'm just imagining all the things going through your mind right now. Anyway, I'll be back with the answer after I film this TikTok tutorial about how to clean the crust out from the corners of your mouth. 
Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? Uh, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st, so get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm Septuagenary and sexy boy, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, when you're feeling tired from building the pyramids, how the local Avon lady can just cheer you up with some new cosmetics? The content of coal, that's K-O-H-L, and ways in which it's prepared differ based on tradition and country. It's been used in the Middle East, North Africa, and South Asia, among other places. And where is it placed? Around the eyes as liner or mascara. I'll have to give that a try next time we leave the basement and head to the Sizzler. And now, someone ready to help you line your pockets, Jody Katz. And coming down the stairs to the basement, it's my new friend Jody Katz. How are you, Jody? 
Hi there. This is so fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm sure it's the pinnacle of your career and you thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write this book and I'm going to talk about all kinds of seduction when it comes to the workplace in basements. Like you were hoping for maybe Oprah, maybe Good Morning America, but on top of all that being in mom's basement, I'm sure. Well, it actually is very fitting because work is not glamorous and it happens in all places, right? So I think it's incredibly appropriate. And I'm glad you say that because I want to begin with this message you have at the beginning of your book. You say work hard, period, then stop, period. Tell me about the origins of that phrase for you, because I think this is a theme that runs throughout your book and really seems to, based on the homework we've done on you, Jody, seems to resonate with your life too and kind of what you think about work. Well, I didn't start my own business so that I could work all the time, you know, and I think that's pretty common. I know that as entrepreneurs, we do work all the time, but I didn't leave a full-time job with whatever that job security looks like to be hard at work all hours of the day. So in my entrepreneurial journey in the past 15 years, I've certainly found myself in these situations where I'm exhausted and, you know, looking at the life around myself and realizing I'm only really completely diving into work and not the other things that make me happy. So I have to stop, right? That's the whole origin reason for my business. I have to do my work and then I have to stop and enjoy the other things that make me happy. It's easy to forget that when you love your job. You know, I, that word seduction makes a lot of sense to me. And as I share that word with other entrepreneurs and other ambitious people, it makes a lot of sense to them too. Yeah, absolutely. I want to help stackers who are near, new in their career first, like you do on your podcast. You always talk to founders and entrepreneurs about their journey. I want to ask a little bit about yours. You were assistant to the editor of Cosmo, of Cosmopolitan and Glamour. And you kind of write that in passing at the beginning of your book. But I want to know a little bit about those jobs because I have a feeling that they were difficult to get, number one. And number two, I just imagine those places being chaos all the time. And I'm wondering some of the life lessons you might have learned from some of these early jobs. Okay, I'm going to start with a business lesson because that's actually, I think, what I took out of it most because I was not good at these jobs. I got to work at Hearst Publications and then Condé Nast, like one right after the other. And organizationally, operationally, they were so different. And being so young and new of having a career, I was really fascinated by how these two companies that basically do the same thing do it so differently. And Hearst felt very mom and pop, like every magazine was sort of its own business with its own supply closet. Then I went to Conde Nast, where everybody is part of Conde Nast with a Conde Nast supply closet, right? And that's just sort of an example of you know, what operationally, <laughs> yeah. how they were different. So that I was really inspired by. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, it didn't like wasn't super meaningful to me at the time, but it is a takeaway that I had that that was pretty awesome to watch. The job that I had as the assistant to the editor-in-chief of these high-profile magazines, I was not good at this. This was a job that I don't know how I got it. (laughs) I didn't have the skill set required. I was one of two assistants, and the other assistant, Michelle, was very good at her job. She just knew how to interpret the signals, the um, unsaid directions from the editor-in-chief. She knew how to anticipate her needs, how to meet her needs. And I did not have that skill at all. I was lost. I get a Devil Wears Prada movie feeling from this. Is it? Is there any truth to that movie? Yes. I think that the magazines that I worked at were like not as high profile as what they were trying to represent in that movie. But it was really just like one step away. 
And there was a culture of letting editors and chiefs have, you know, a lot of room to be divas and complicated and challenging personalities. And, you know, aside from that, I just wasn't good at the basics of the job, like ordering the right lunch, heating the lunch up to the right temperature, ordering the right flowers, getting the car service to be where it needs to be. I just didn't have the sort of like life skills required to help someone else organize their life. I wasn't doing it for myself, right? And so I didn't know how to do it for someone else. I love though, later in the book, you talk about how we all have this vision, especially when we're starting out, Jody, that our career path is this straight line. And you've got two lines next to each other, the straight line and the actual jagged line people have. And it seems to me, even though it sounds like that sucked for you, like there's a lot of great lessons, like you're eliminating this stuff that isn't. Like I feel like as I was reading this, the lesson was don't be afraid of making a mistake and having a job that might suck because it'll inform you later. Is that, am I putting words in your mouth? I think it's precisely the point. I wish if I could go back in time, I would worry less. You know, I spent a lot of time worrying about, you know, the trajectory of my career and worrying about where that next thing is going to come from and worrying about what I'm going to get out of it. In reality, I think I was just wearing like a backpack and throwing, you know, information experiences into it, not really knowing what is coming and why I need to know this. So uh, every job I've had, whether I was fired or laid off or whatever, there's value in it for me. I learned a lot and it's informed the way that I run my businesses today. I think I'm a different kind of boss because of all the junk I lived through. I want to ask you about founding that business because the pathway there to me is super interesting for anybody who's sitting on the sidelines thinking about maybe starting their own business Let's start here. What was your first full-time job in the beauty industry? I worked at a French beauty company named L'Occitane in Provence. Oh, sure. And you know this brand, Joe. and like You've totally seen it. It's just a very challenging Provencal dialect name for um, consumers to say. But it was really the first time where I had solid footing in the beauty industry. I was able to get that job because I had some beauty-related freelance jobs before that. So, you know, I was happily trying things out as a freelance writer, had some beauty work under my belt, and then L'Occitane hired me as their first U.S. copywriter. So this was an exciting opportunity. And fast forward, I was able to take that opportunity, learn a lot, and grow a creative department there and then become a creative director. This was the opposite then of those part-time jobs. Like, you really rock this job. Why would you leave a job that you're rocking like you were this one? Two things. One was creative inspiration. So Lexiton's a beautiful brand. I'm still a customer to this day, but you know, they're harvest based. So the lavender harvest always happens the same time every year. The honey harvest always happens the same time every year. Same with olives and verbena. The beauty of the brand is that you can rely on it and rely on those beautiful harvests to inspire products. As a creative person, as a writer and an art director, it means the same thing happens every single year. Right. Yeah, so after yeah. many years, you get a little bit um, tired of those same stories. They should keep doing what they're doing and not suggesting marketing should be different for them. The customer really relishes these harvests, but for somebody who's creating in a very narrow space that the brand owns, I was getting a little tired. So I wanted some more simulation. The second thing is personal. I looked around myself at that company and my friend's companies and thought, I'm not going to be able to be the mom I want to be if I keep working here. And this was long before I was even pregnant. This is long before even having that conversation with my husband about let's get pregnant. But I had my eye on what's next and didn't think that I was going to have room for flexibility and navigating the unknown and being a new parent. 
So, you know, thinking ahead, I think that's my superpower, by the way, at work is thinking 10 steps ahead. I just decided I'm going to start because no company is going to give me what I think I'll need by the time I'm a parent. This is fabulous because I love this idea of thinking outside of just your current job about thinking about the world as this bigger picture. And I feel like, and back to your word seduction in the title of your book, like we get so seduced by the job, we don't think bigger picture, what I really want for myself. So I found that to be a really, for a lot of us, Jody, I think that's a very difficult move to make because you're in this comfortable career. You know, it's the same all the time, but it's clearly comfortable. You're succeeding. And yet stepping out to do something else is such a, in some ways it would feel like you're going off into this mist, you know, into this uh, nothingness that you're not sure of. And you, I believe you went from this to beginning your, your own company, right? That's right. So don't forget, I had a, a history of freelancing. So in my industry, being a freelancer is totally normal, right? It's been normal for decades. I knew that I could get work right? Whether I could become a viable business at some point, it wasn't even really on my mind. I just knew in the short term, I can get work. The second thing I had going for me is hierarchy makes me really itchy. So, you know, the the more that I was exposed to hierarchy, you know, as I advanced my career, the less comfortable I was. So uh, in some respects, my body, like my heart and my head, they were kind of not going to be able to survive in more hierarchical environments. I'm laughing, by the way, because... I worked with American Express and as I was working my way up the PR ladder with Amex and I sat in some of these, excuse my language, but some of these meetings that I had to take part of, like I'm laughing because I feel that same thing too. Just, oh goodness, some of the meetings and I'm like, we could get rid of all this stuff. It drove me crazy. I was no longer doing stuff that I really cared about. I'm involved in managing the managers, managing the manager, and there's no, you know, there's no end user, which is what I loved. Yeah, I hear this feedback from a lot of people around my age, even, you know, 10 years younger, that as the pressure on workload keeps increasing, right, every year people have to do more with less staff, they miss doing the stuff they loved. And it just becomes about solving other people's problems. And that's something that we have to hear as employers, pay attention to, and allow our teams who are super creative and talented to leverage those talents. And then other people love managing other people's problems, right? We have to really find the right people for the right job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and we got to think, I think also about our unique talent, right? Which clearly you're getting into stuff that did not feed you in your unique talent. Your book is arranged by themes and those themes uh, follow a lot of the great podcast interviews you've had. You have wonderful quotes in the book, followed by some discussion of those quotes. And obviously, I think people should read the book to get all the depth. But I want to ask you about just a few quotes in the first couple of chapters. The first chapter is all about beginning your journey. And just like you took that bold step when you started off your business and decided to be an entrepreneur, the quotes from your guest are also very similar. And in fact, you begin with this quote from uh, Su Young Kang, there is something to be said for triumph through challenge. What inspires you most about her story and starting off your book with Su Young? Well, I mean, <laughs> that quote basically applies like every single thing, every single day. Thankfully, I've become a human who sees challenges as opportunities 
you know, I definitely did not always think this way. And maybe I've only been operating this way for about, I don't know, four years. (laughs) It's pretty new. (laughs) But people in my book, I mean, there's over 200 episodes that we had recorded by the time we wrote the book. And about 50 guests are featured in the book. Most of them like had really big challenges to overcome to just get to the next phase of like living life, even not even talking about career, just like personal life, right? There's so many personal challenges. And I think that's really important and part of that seduction story because we can't separate our career journey from our personal journey. They really are braided together. And that's part of also how hard it is to navigate that seduction, right? Because being in my business is part of my personality, right? Like I put myself into it. It's my vibe. You know, I get to architect it every day and shape it and mold it and have fun with it. So, you know, when people have these personal challenges in their lives outside of work, they impact career decisions, they impact career journey, and they put a lot of people on new paths. I felt like COVID, as you're talking, COVID even increased this malaise, right? For a lot of us, we used to have a commute where we would go, you know, jump in a car or take the subway or whatever home. And that was this little fence that we could have between our career and our home life, at least to some degree. During COVID, for a lot of us, that went away. Did you see that in your company? And did you see it in the beauty industry as a whole that COVID really messed with us? I've been operating Base Beauty as a virtual business for 15 years. So since the day I started, I said to myself, I'm not schlepping to the office to do one thing. I'm going to operate this (laughs) business in a virtual style. And of course, I see people and through the years, our staff has grown and we have this beautiful office that we congregate in. But for the entire life of this business, from an operational and a you know functionality perspective, we are completely virtual. Every system is based on a virtual style. So that was easy for us. That was our every day. What was taxing is that our clients needed us even more now. They were you know not knowing how to work in a virtual style. So collaborating was challenging for them. And then on top of it, these messaging and marketing things that we focus on and we lead for our clients were all thrown up in the air and all had to be you know, revisited because the climate changed and then kept changing. So what happened is, yes, we um, were working as we always were, but the work pressures, the work challenges became greater and we were all working more intensely. Every minute was more intense. What's amazing about it, though, is I had a team member turn to me and say, I'm taking a day off. I'm just going to call it a mental health day. And then I said to her, I need one, too. And then we decided, let's just make this a program. Forget about using your vacation days for this. Like Everybody needs a mental health day once a month. So that's something that we keep up, and it's an incredible tool for um, our staffers to just like have a day that's outside of their paid time off that they just get to do whatever they want with. It's incredible for retention. It's incredible for attracting new talent. And it reminds us all that we're human beings. We are not robots. And the pace of marketing has not slowed. And we all need a little break. Isn't this a paradox, Jody? that because we do the same thing uh, with our team, we do every quarter, people take some prescribed time off and we pay them for that. And, you know, the joke is you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? Closing time, the song, <laughs> like go wherever you want, but you cannot work on these days because we're all kind of workaholics because we do this like you do. And I'm sure your whole team does because you're passionate about it. And yet the more time we take away from the business, the more we come back fresh. And I feel like we get more done now than we did before we did this prescribed time off. 
Agreed. I mean, I wish social media wasn't always open, right? Like this is one of the challenges <laughs> we're a marketing agency. Social media yes. is, you know, a key force and driver in what we do. But, you know, I'd love to be able to get to that like four day a week work week, you know, on a regular basis. I don't quite know how to navigate that given that nature of the work we do. But, you know, we'll start exploring that in 2023 and figure out what that looks like and talk to more people. You know, we're not robots, but my team is incredibly effective and efficient. They're all self-starters. And, you know, by the way, we hire for virtual hybrid work. Like that's, I think, another differentiator here. We've learned over 15 years what it takes to work this way, right? So we've been, you know, year after year figuring out what that recipe is for success and I'm so proud of them. They work so hard. They're so passionate. I'm sure they're seduced in many ways by their careers. Um, they have a lot of fun in their work. And because we're markers, we get to see the results. So it's quite fun. One more quote from uh, The Long and Winding Road of Starting Your Fulfilling Career. Suzanne Summers, at the end of the chapter, you have a quote from her. I think everybody knows who Suzanne Summers is. It's the difficult times in life when we learn the most. And that applies, you know, not just to the COVID time we were just talking about, but there's a woman, I don't know if you remember this story, but Carissa Bodnar, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right, from Thrive Cosmetics. Uh, She had this huge loss that changed her life. Do you remember that story? Could you tell us that story? Because I thought this was very, very powerful. Joe, when you said that she had a loss that changed her life, it's kind of the theme of almost everybody in this book. They're not always yeah, good point. Uh, losses in life, right? Sometimes they're losses of income, they're losses of serenity, they're losses of stability, losses of life, of course. There's a lot of stories about that. I think that speaks to how willing people in my industry are to share on the show, right? They come to tell the real story, not the garbage marketing thing that they do all day long, right? in their business. We don't talk about product. We don't talk about tips or tricks. Um, I don't really care, honestly. You know, what I care about is who they are as humans. And they're very revealing. People share about divorce, you know, a loss of life. They talk about infertility. They talk about going to jail. And that's because I think we all crave what's real, right? We really are done with the curtain being pulled and only the shiny stuff on the stage. And we want to just interact with people who are working, you know, as human beings. So I would say these big losses keep reappearing in these stories because it's part of life. Unfortunately, that's the reality in life is that it ends at some point. But the themes that keep happening, Joe, happen again and again, no matter what these stories are. It's quality of life, work-life balance, and mental health. And everything, every single person that comes on the show touches on these themes in one way or another. Yeah. And I think the the overriding theme is it isn't what happens to you. Like in Chris's case, it was a friend dying of cancer. It's about what you do with that information. Like there was another woman who suffered from acne like we all did, but she said, I see my acne as a blessing. It gave me a purpose in life. And I know, and you know better than I do being in the beauty industry, how many people let acne just completely kill their soul, just everything about them. I want to ask, cause you, cause you talked about this. The second topic in the book is this myth of balance. Cause you talk about work-life balance and you say that balance doesn't exist. Get over it. Tell me about when you learned that aha. Cause I think that's a big aha for a lot of us. You know, I had this sort of light bulb moment, Joe. It wasn't that long ago. It could have been a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, where I realized that I was literally, and when I closed my eyes, sitting on the edge of a fence, like the fence in my backyard. And on one side of that fence is my work. 
And the other side of that fence is, you know, my personal life with my family and adventures with my family. And I really, in my head, all these years thought that if I give too much of myself to the work side, then I'm never going to be able to get back to the other side of the fence. And I know like when I say this out loud, it sounds like it doesn't like Jody, come on, of course you will. But in my heart, I had seen through like all those decades of working people who just gave it all to their careers and never, ever, ever met a significant other because they were just willing to go on those business trips and just do business and never like go see the sites and never, you know, eat the local food. So I met so many people like this in my career that it really clouded what I thought I was capable of. So all these years and carrying their bag with me, bouncing on that fence, and then I had this aha moment. And realize, oh, no, I can actually just jump over here and have fun with the work stuff and be dedicated to it. And then jump back over to the other side and hang out with my family and have a good time. I wasn't restricted by other people's stories because that was never going to be me. But it took me <laughs> really long, like over a decade to get there. Yeah. No, it, it took me forever to get there. And it is such an aha, just realizing that we got to get over it. We just got to get over it. By the way, my favorite quote in the book is from John Costanza, CEO of Beauty Quest. He says, there are worse things in life than the shampoo shipping light. And I love that. Just, you know, sometimes we get so into our own stuff, into our own head. And you know what? If we reboot and look at this from the big picture, the shampoo shipping a day late may not be the biggest thing on earth. The book is called Facing the Seduction of Success. I love how it helped me reboot and rethink about my own career and what I do. And there it is for people watching us on YouTube, inspiring stories on leading a business while living your life. And I'm assuming, Jody, it's available everywhere, correct? Yes. Uh, most of our fans go straight to Amazon to order. Yes. Great. And I would be so remiss if I didn't ask you, because you know, nobody listens to our podcast, just one little secret, just between <laughs> you and I, just nobody besides the two of us, what's coming up on Brains Meet Beauty? Like where's the show headed next? Oh, I love that you asked. Okay. So there's a few things. Number one, to honor our fifth year of the show this year, we started doing live stream recordings. So now our fans can watch the show get made. We actually tried this off on YouTube at the beginning of the year, and we realized, nah, YouTube's too much of a beast for us. It's not where our people are. So we're actually moving all those lives to Instagram, which is very much easier for our guests. That's where their people are, um, much easier for our fans. So we also have a ton of really exciting names coming to the show for the artistry theme, which is happening this quarter, and then the health theme, which is happening fourth quarter. So you're going to get to watch those shows get made. And if your preference is to listen to podcasts the classic way, those episodes will be available there as well. Jody, thanks so much for hanging out with us and talk about the seduction of work and the myth of work-life balance. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. This is super fun. Hey, this is Pete the Planner, USA Today money columnist and host of the Ask Pete the Planner podcast. When I'm not fixing the weirdest financial situations you've ever heard of, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Jody Katz for joining us. And um, what a career this woman's had, OG. And it just makes me realize that, you know what? All of these things that you've done, all of the different things in your life that you've done, just play out in these in these strange ways and, and create um, create this multifaceted person that you are now. I think that every time I talk to you, OG, what a multifaceted person you are. <laughs> the web that is the OG. It's exactly. uh, you, you don't even see it coming sometimes. It's just like you're hiking through the woods and all of a sudden you get a face full of 
web of OG. We should call that the seduction of being OG. That that mm-hmm. would that's Jody Katz's next book. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's. It's funny I say this every week, and we'll t- <laughs> and tackle some of life's. Tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, Doug, they put what you value first. Uh, finally finding something to watch on Netflix without scrolling for an hour. Really? And a half. Oh man, I always find too much. I was like, I want to watch all this. Like, if I had unlimited time, I would watch it all. Can I just watch all of it? Yeah, I have a filter. I have a quality <laughs> filter that you might not oh, have. That's Joe. it. Yes, you mean I don't have to watch all the live action Yogi Bear movies? Yeah. yeah. I will say that I took a recommendation from OG just in the last few days. Oh, we're not going to talk about totally this again, are we? No, no, no. I told, no, no. I was, well, here's what I'm doing is because I'm making up for the last time. Cause the last time I brought this up, I just completely shredded him on the recommendation he made. And I'm standing by that shredding. Cause it's still, it, uh, but anyway, the new one he gave me fantastic. And we can talk about this later, but the old man on Hulu is an, a, just a fantastic show. We don't have to dive into that now. Cause we should really talk about, you know, Haven. Well, what, guys, that's, that's what I was going to say. You can watch the old man on Hulu and focus in on how great it is, Doug, because you're not filling out life insurance applications. You know, these old yeah, applications that are nine, nice thank save. you, nine, 10 pages long. It's all online. It's very quick. You get an instant coverage decision, affordable prices, and all their policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, which is more than 160 year old insurer. Stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life. Get your life insurance done, stackers. Let's get this. Uh, you know you need it, and you know that it's important. So let's uh, hit pause on the podcast and just do it, and just do it now. Do it now. Today's lifeline we're throwing out to uh, Marco Marco Polo. It says Marco Polo. Hey Joe and OG, I'm not really keeping my hopes up to learn anything here, but I thought I'd leave you a quick message and see. I've got about 900k in a 401k. Another hundred thousand in a Roth and forty in a taxable account. I was maxing out my all of these avenues, and then I got married, and we have a couple of girls, which is such a blessing. And I had opened up a universal life insurance with a high premium, which I know are not recommended, but I was maxing out, and it was another tax shelter for me. I haven't contributed in the last eight years, so it's living off its premium. But would you cash out? The cash value is 45000 or should I keep it? It only has a death benefit of 220000 We have plenty of term life through work and bought another term life plan right before COVID. So we're properly protected, I think, there. We have no debt. We paid off our home in three years and my wife's car is paid off and I have a company car. I currently contribute to my 401k 9%, which is the match. And we live way below our means. Any suggestions? Thanks for your time. Wow. Thanks for the question, Marco. And by the way, guys, I love the fact that he says, uh, yeah, I was saving a ton of money. And then pause. I got married and had kids. 
And then he pauses again and goes, yeah. and it's such a blessing. But but is but I, I know it. It was like he had to convince himself <laughs> of it. Like he's selling it, and it's such a blessing. Remember, so all of awesome. These. When I was <laughs> when I was saving tons of money, remember those days? Yeah, those are gone. Yes, yeah, those are those are gone. Two daughters, yay! <laughs> Go team. And actually, <laughs> and actually, it is a blessing, Marco. And by the way, we're not making fun of the uh, fact that it's a blessing because it definitely is. Just I, I love the pause. It's just an expensive blessing. <laughs> just just <laughs> just right. love the pause. So, uh, oh gee, he's got this permanent life insurance policy that he was socking money away into 45,000 on the inside, uh, premium or the, uh, death benefits, 220,000. Does he cash this thing in or does he keep it? Well, there's, there's a couple of different options here. Um, and you can check with the insurance company to find out which one makes the most sense. So number one, obviously you can cancel it, right? You can call them up and say, send me a check. There might be some taxes due depending on how many, how much premiums you put in and what the value has grown to over the years that you had it, it sounds like you probably wouldn't have taxes because you probably have put in less than it's worth or or, or it's worth less now, I should say, than what you put in. But you still got to check that. Option one, of course, is take the money out. Option two is you can contact the agent or the insurance company and say, what do I have to do to have this thing be paid in full forever? And uh, while you have insurance right now and you have you know, some term coverage. The benefit of permanent insurance is that it's around forever. So you might be surprised to find out that a pretty low one-time premium may have this thing be in force for the next, you know, 70 years or something. So that would be important, I think, to know as well. And then the third thing that you can do is while on the call with the insurance people is ask them, if I reduce the death benefit, like how much does this thing buy me forever? So I've got 45k in there. I can either put money in to never pay again and keep the 220 or I can lower the death benefit to what number so that this 45k I never have to touch either and I've got the coverage forever. So cash it out or adjust it based on either putting a little bit more money into it or or adjusting the death benefit down probably makes the most sense. Of course, all this in context with your overall retirement plan and estate plan to make sure that in fact you have all the right the right insurances in place and the estate planning in place but if it's really just kind of about this one product those are the three questions that I'd want answered before I made a decision are there going to be taxes can I add a little bit to keep it as it is forever and or can I lower the death benefit and never pay another premium again yeah marco you say that this isn't recommended but at a time if you were high income you had a ton of money in other places and you were max funding all these other spots this might have been for that og one or two percent of people we say that this strategy actually works for we often do marco to your point say that this strategy doesn't work for most people but you might have been one of those people the one thing og that does not work is what he's doing now right now by putting nothing in it leaving the death benefit the same he is clearly wasting money like clearly wasting money yeah the do nothing plan eventually runs out and then you get a letter that says oh your insurance is over well that's a frustrating thing about these is that part of the reason i don't like these plans that much is because it's complicated right? Uh, I mean, for most people, it's better to stay away from it almost because it's so complicated, but you have to stay on this line they call, Marco, a modified endowment contract, which is this line that says that the IRS recognizes this is a tax shelter, but if you if you cross this line, it's too good of a tax shelter, and now they're going to to, to punish you with all kinds of uh, tax ramifications with uh, you know without getting too far into it. 
but you want to kind of ride that line. And the more you don't put money into this policy and leave it alone, the further away from that line you get, then the cost of insurance as you get older every year starts eating the policy more and more. And the cost of insurance then becomes grossly higher than the taxes you pay. So it, it, it just becomes this nasty, nasty thing. So uh, I love that idea. I hadn't even thought about that, OG, the idea of seeing how much can I lower the death benefit to so that you're back on that modified endowment contract line. I hadn't thought of that. That's a great idea. Thank you. I have lots of good ideas. Yeah, because then he can spend all his cash flow on his blessings in his life that he paused before. Yes. <laughs> and, and he still blessing has number this. one and blessing number two. And he still has this tax shelter in place, but uh, one or the other. Thanks for the question, Marco. You got a question for us? Uh, do what Marco did. Call the Haven Lifeline, stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. And we've got you covered there because uh, we're going to send you a t-shirt for being brave. The Haven Life Greatest Money Show on Earth Circus t-shirt. Incredibly comfortable t-shirt. Uh, the only t-shirt of ours, by the way, that Doug does not have. It is the only t-shirt I don't have, but I, I will say... I thought of that the other day. You're talking about how comfortable those shirts are from Flying Pork Apparel. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is probably oversharing. And so if we need to cut this, we can. <laughs> how many times, but, OG, has Doug said, if we need to cut this, we can? <laughs> and we always leave it in, by the way. Because whenever Doug proceeds a story with, with uh, this is oversharing, if we need to... Is this something about your tits? Are we about to talk about your tits? I... <laughs> Well, my nipples do get abraded occasionally. And so you need to pick the softest shirt in your wardrobe so that it reduces the abrasion. You were about to and talk the, about your the tits. flying pork apparel. No, I... <laughs> but I'm telling you, that is the softest t-shirt you're ever going to have. Graze your chest. <laughs> <laughs> that is oversharing. Stackybenjamins.com. Please cut that. Please cut it. Hell no. Stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail for more. Oh, that's some good radio right there. Uh, Well, for the two of us, I think for everybody else, we might have lost them. (laughs) But uh, hey, if you're not here to hear about Doug's nips, you're really here (laughs) because you need a better financial team in your corner. OG and his team are taking clients. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash OG. That's the link to his team's calendar and the beginning of the road to better decisions about your money. Hey, other places to join us, by the way, if you want more of this, you can join us on Mondays, uh, generally at five o'clock most weeks through the rest of the summer. Just a few more weeks of this. We are doing the show live. Sometimes we come on just a few minutes after that. But if you want to watch the some of the Friday roundtable shows being made that is on YouTube. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just put Stacking Benjamins in YouTube and subscribe there. Hit the bell button for that. Also, on most Wednesdays in the mid-afternoon, around four o'clock in the afternoon Eastern, do the math on where you are. I'm also doing Instagram lives where we have some great chats. We talk about headlines and also a lot of fintech segments now. We used to have a fintech Friday segment here on the show. And um, now we've moved those to Instagram. So if you're excited about all the stuff on your phone, all the cool apps that financial technology creators are making, you can find us also there. All right. That's going to do it for today, I think. Doug, what should we have learned today? Well, first, take some advice from Jody Katz. Focusing on your career? Think about your long-term journey and not just the short-term money. 
you're more likely to have a career that doesn't suffer when the sprint becomes a marathon. Second, if you're trying to incentivize your employees or, heck, even your kids, stick to cold, hard cash to warm their cold, tired hearts. But also, realize that treating people right is probably the true employee incentive that gets them to stay. But the big lesson? Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. You think looks like this come naturally? Ha! Sure, maybe if you're Joe, but I mean, for the rest of us, we gotta work at it. Thanks to Jody Katz for joining us today. Her book, Facing the Seduction of Success, is available anywhere the beautiful people shop for books. It's funny, that's the same title as my autobiography. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. I got a question for you guys. This uh, comes to us from uh, Irish mirror, a man who owns a pool been left irritated by his neighbors. I want you guys to weigh in on this as they continuously ask him if they can take a swim in his back garden. I guess back garden in Ireland is what they call um, a backyard, I guess. Backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A garden anywhere in the UK region garden is what we call a yard. But a back garden for when we refer to OG is the hair on his back. Just so you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but he's consistently told them, no, you cannot take, uh, you cannot use my pool. In a post on Reddit, the man explains that he and his spouse recently moved onto the property, which already had a pool. But just a few months after they got settled into their new neighborhood, the people living in the houses around theirs began asking if they could come use their pool. They claim the previous owners had always let them go for a dip whenever they wanted, even though the man and his spouse have said they're private people who don't want people wandering into their garden whenever they feel like it. Their neighbors won't take no for an answer. They bought the house in February, single family home. We keep ourselves to ourselves, friends over occasionally, enjoy having people over for food drinks and of course, swimming pool parties. But uh, when it comes to the neighborhood, they want to be a little more private. Oh, gee, do you those losers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you have open hours on your pool? No, there are some laws in the universe that are universal that they're just accepted. Look, you order nachos. You got to share them. You can't eat a whole plate of nachos on your own. You have a pool. People are just going to show up and start using it. That is immediately a a community pool. I remember when I was a kid, Doug, to your point, we had a pool at a house we lived in for maybe four years. There were relatives that I hadn't seen before those years. And I haven't seen since that were at our (laughs) house every Saturday. Every Saturday, they were over at the Sea High Pool. Climbing up the stairs to that above ground pool. Of course. Well, it's different if it's family, like your neighbor showing up. I mean, we have neighbor friends that if they, it would be weird if they just showed up and jumped in the pool without like having a conversation, but it's less weird because I have a bar in the back. So it would be less weird for somebody to show up in the back and like just sit there and drink a beer. Like I would be more okay with that than just some random splash. I hear, you know, at 7.15, you know, the neighbor dude just got done with his three mile run in the morning and wants to cool off be like what what are you doing have a beer like a normal person you take my beer but don't contaminate my pool weirdo (laughs) (laughs) is that the line we know we had that show on etiquette last week is that the line it's okay to sit at somebody's bar and drink their beer but it's not okay to go in their pool you've had somebody just come over and help themselves to beers yeah I mean, it was offered in the past. It was like, hey, by the way, you know, this thing's always open. So just, you know, and so, yeah, I looked out one time and there was one of my neighbors sitting at the bar drinking a beer. And I was like, open the door. I go, hey, what's up? He goes, oh, sorry. I didn't even know you're home. I'm like, all the lights and the sound and open windows. Didn't give it away. <laughs> the little kid screaming. <laughs> you know, you could, there's no curtains in the back. You can kind of sort of see right in. And he was like, well, look at the time. Got to go. And uh, yeah, sorry for, sorry for intruding. Yeah. He was then out of there like right then? No, 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 no. Of course not. No, but no, I was working. So I was in the front of the house. He was in the, you know, I was fine. But I had extended that offer before. Like, hey, you know, you get done, just knock on the window, just have a beer. You know, I might sit out there with I you. I didn't know anybody was home. I didn't know anybody was, I was, I was looking in your bedroom windows. And I just. <laughs> I was hoping to get out of here unnoticed. But. Uh, I nearly had my third beer full. He's got a growler out there at your tap. <laughs> filling it up take back to his house i'm gonna switch that over to wine by the way do you know you can do that so you have to use nitrogen instead of co2 yeah yeah you have to use nitrogen instead of co2 but i'm gonna try it i don't drink a lot of beer it was a good idea it was like a necessary thing like you gotta have a tap on your bar but uh, i don't drink a lot of beer so 
But you drink a lot of wine. It sounds like a very I bad do decision. Drink a lot of wine. If I could make it bourbon, that would be. It even does better. sound dangerous, doesn't it, Doug? Yeah, this is a, <laughs> a bad a bourbon decision. tap. That's that's what I actually need. But I don't know that they make those pressurized whiskey fountain. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. the chocolate fountain at a wedding. I need <laughs> one that likes that one that has like, like just spits out just like a little bit of diet coke because I put sometimes a little a little bit of diet coke, not Ooh. much, or sometimes none. What? And then like a ice machine that makes those big ice things, and and just just bourbon. <laughs> And then a third tap for the twelve step program. I was just gonna say just, he's sitting he's sitting in the chair, they're going around the circle announcing their names, and he's like, I never saw this coming. I don't I never thought this was gonna be me. I thought a beer tap was a good idea. <laughs> Slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. turns into wine. I couldn't tap. get my fix with two kegs of beer at a time, so I had to change it to wine and bourbon. Ice maker. <laughs> exactly. The whole distillery in my backyard. <laughs> I'm importing Kentucky. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> to work the still. <laughs> Mrs. OG's like, who are these people? I mean, <laughs> other my friends from Kentucky. Yeah, he's like, but look, you can see how I got here, right? I mean, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. It's a logical train of thought. <laughs> Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.